You're listening to the Fit for Duty Podcast. Functional fitness and nutrition taking you to above average. Here's your hosts, Matt Hoffman and Ray Martin. All right, welcome back. Fit for Duty Podcast. Matt, Ray, and Mr. Kevin Clark, our special guest. Spent the first little bit there talking about a little bit of Kevin's background and uh, the obvious things that he can provide to the fire service and the knowledge as, as far as that goes. Uh, switch gears a little bit from Kevin and get a little bit of kind of what he thinks about what the fire service needs as well as what the fire service suffers from when it comes to training, when it comes to how we move, and just kind of the uh, the, the way we are in this sagittal plane all the time, sitting uh, at a computer falls. desk. Yeah, that's right, the uh, sitting at the desk and all that kind of stuff. So, Kevin, being a newer person coming in and all that kind of stuff, as far as the tactical athlete, as we're now calling ourselves, as far as the tactical athlete goes. We love you, the title. <laughs> what do you see the fire service in general, not just with the uh, place that you work, but the fire service in general, where do you see some of the pitfalls in kind of the direction that we're going with our training programs? Pitfalls from a from a from a physical fitness standpoint, as oh, far as you know, yeah. where are we doing ourselves yeah. like the biggest disservice? Right. We used to be, you know, your MTOs would come out, your monthly training objectives would come out, and it involved pulling hose off the truck. It involved going to the drill tower and all that. Now it's kind of moved over to this digital age where we're doing flame simulators, we're doing all these simulations, we're doing all this computer-based training where it's kind of getting us out of the the actual modality of what it is that we're supposed to do when it's time to perform. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, number one, we need to move. Um, I know that my situation of where I'm at right now in the temp station, we don't get out much. But I'm, if you look at any firehouse across America, I mean, barring the people who job it, you know, that FDNYLA, stuff like that, that yeah. burn stuff. I mean, you're going to see dudes in recliners watching the news, drinking coffee. They don't move. They don't have any idea what injury prevention is. They have no idea how to prehab or rehab movements. Um, they have no idea how to take care of themselves. Um, and I think that's a, especially with me, like, you can almost take any John or Jane Smith out of XY University with a piece of paper and give them a decent workout. That's not the problem. I think the problem is integrating the fact that, okay, here's a proper way to, to warm up for what you're about to do. Here's a proper way to cool down. Here are some things you need to work on to balance out your um, insufficient motor patterns, insufficient recruitment patterns. I mean, lots of things in that way of you can make a person strong, but if you don't make their antagonistic muscles group strong or you don't have them to where they can get into a position to make themselves strong or be able to work on work capacity, like if they can't even get there, that's a problem. Sure. I couldn't, couldn't agree yeah. more. So someone, I guess, starting from starting at the bottom, starting with poor movement, poor physical conditioning, where would you say would be the best starting point for them? Like what would be the first step? for for them just getting up and moving more or so i know that um i've done some work with fms and some other disciplines also but what struck with me was don't add fitness to dysfunction so starting with okay where are my pain areas or your pain caves you know like being a civil leper and all that will the pain cave cave. um but finding what hurts and then trying to figure out first of all am i injured am i hurt am i just not taking care of myself 
figuring out if you're at a place to be able to do what you need to do. And if you're not, that's the first thing is you need to address. Okay. Do I need to go to a professional and get this looked at? Yeah. That um, makes sense. Yeah. Once it, you figure out. Okay, yeah. Oh no. We hear that all the time. It's like, yeah, I would do that, but I've got this. Right, um, sure. Uh, I, I don't. I don't squat because it hurts my back. We just talked about that. I, we, we, I don't want to get on the treadmill because it hurts my knee. I don't want to bench or you know press anything over my head because it hurts my elbow. I've got um, every time I put my hand over my head and I put weight in my hand, it makes my shoulders hurt. This yeah, and the, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's super common. So. Yeah, and, that, and that's easy. It's like okay, um, what did your doctor? What did your chiropractor? What did your physical therapist say about that? Uh, oh, you you spent the last twenty years just saying how that hurts and then not doing anything yeah. about it. Right. Avoiding situations that cause pain. Sure. But ultimately, you can't fully control your situation whenever you're in, I guess, this line of work because sometimes it's going to dictate you being uncomfortable and having to do things that you may physically not want to do. It doesn't allow you to guard an injury. So at some point that adrenaline and that ability to kind of push past when the endorphins kind of slow down the pain threshold kind of overhaul yes yeah, right when they kind of slow down <laughs> that's what seems to be when our injuries happen it's not in the uh the initial pull or the initial fight no. it's the slow things where we just have forgotten how to move or not training in the aspect or not practicing things that allow us to move freely that seems to be where our injuries come from very yeah. rarely do you see and most of the time they're unpreventable injuries but most of the time when you see a, an injury happen from a, a first in first in injury company or uh you know an initial fire attack do you see somebody getting injured there it's rolling hose after the fact or it's something where all the doing endorph- work that's you're right. already fatigued that's it it's where the endorphins have stopped you're not getting that adrenaline rush from it anymore and it's back to basic human movement and movement patterns and that seems to be in the fire service where our injuries are coming from so provided somebody is self-aware enough to know that they do have a physical limitation somewhere um next step you would recommend following up with their gp their general physician or whatever their physical therapist or chiropractor or once they've been referred somewhere to find out exactly what the problem is um how did you typically go about working with people with certain limitations to get them to a point of either increasing their work capacity, moving safer, or increasing their strength? There's always something that can be done no matter what you're doing. Um, like progressions, regressions? Exactly. So if you can scale, if you can appropriately scale, let me say that, um, a movement, you can always get quality work out of somebody at any point. Yeah. Um Let's say I have a, my left shoulder gone, sorry, AC repair, whatever, surgery. Okay, you have a right yeah. arm, you have two legs, you have an entire core musculature that you can work. Yeah. So that's an excuse that you're like, oh, I can't do anything, my shoulder's bad. It's like, okay, what about the rest of your body, homie? Yep. I mean, that's, that's, not, that's not true. You yeah. have plenty of opportunities if you're willing to work with someone who knows what they're talking about that can say, all right, let's adjust this. Now you can do, instead of doing bilateral upper body movements, you can yeah. do unilateral. You can do anything. I mean, we can make all kinds of caveats for you to get quality work. Is, I don't know if I'm uh, going off topic, but uh, whenever you're working around an injury, what um, are you concerned with developing imbalances? Y- yes and no. Um to me, no. Right. Let's say you have some kind of... Well, this of, is you, man. This is... Uh, yeah, yeah. We're picking your brain. So what I There's nobody else in this room. I don't have statistics in front of me, and right. I can, I'm not going to quote anything. Um, so take it for what you want, but... Well, anecdotes you, work. Sure. Um, real world stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, if I'm using... Let's say I'm doing... 
I don't know, um, one arm dumbbell chest press. So I'm laying on a flat bench, I'm doing one arm dumbbell. And they're like, well, your left pec or your left try, they're not going to be as developed and you're going to create imbalance. True, but let me go ahead and lay down on a bench, take a dumbbell, kettlebell, whatever you're going to use. That is a substantial amount of weight that you have to activate your trunk musculature and do a rep range through that. Go through a couple sets and tell me you do not feel the left half of your body engage. You're a liar. Yeah. You are going to incorporate the musculature on that side. Right. Or at least you're going to send the neuron firings of like, okay, I know I should be doing something even though I'm not. You're still going to get a training effect. Yeah. It's you may not acute. get like a full progressive oh, sure. overload no, 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 of no. that yeah. that particular it's muscle group. It's going to be an but, acute, but right. having an acute stimulus. You're still putting it to work. Yeah. Having an acute stimulus compared to no stimulus, those acute stimuluses over a long period of time is still going to get you a mild training effect. Now, it's not going to be great and it's not going to be optimal, of course. But well, nothing's get, optimal when you're working through an injury to begin sure. with. No, no, so no. as long as you're yeah. actually getting something out of the movements then yeah but you're getting something compared to nothing. right and, so, and oh, i'm just gonna you know sorry I'm gonna you're still moving towards like preventing an injury yeah absolutely absolutely awesome. um because if you don't like a lot of people get the compensatory injuries it's like all right oh, this hurts so i'm not gonna do this at all then you that one's cleared then you injure the other side it's like well you're stupid yeah have you been doing what you should be doing no have you been no. working at all no okay well no. you hurt yourself good job Fantastic. Sure. One of the things with the injuries that we talk about is uh, what they do to affect not only the the job that you do when you're getting paid to do it, when you're on your shift or you're, you know, serving your time on your tour, but the carryover that it has into the rest of your life. And that's one thing we preach on this on this podcast. And one of the biggest things that Fit for Duty has, you know, to offer as far as our listeners goes is the ability to have some kind of life outside of the fire service and have some kind of life once your career and your time served is over with. Uh, what are some things that you think that we can improve on to better prepare our fire service personnel for their off time, one, and two, after their career? Because on the mental side, which obviously that's not your area of expertise and that's fine, but on the physical side, being able to play with their kids when they're off, being able to play with their grandkids once they retire. What are some things that we can do to improve that uh, for our people? Um, Injury prevention is huge. Prehabilitative movements, making sure that you have the, not only the musculature, but the movement patterns down to where you can do normal daily life stuff. Can I bend down and get in a proper squat position to be able to pick up my child and, and move them, play with them, whatever. Am I too fat or too broken to be able to run around the house and play hide and seek with my little kids? Um, you know, can I sit down, um, in the yard and pick up weeds or can I, you know, my back hurts or I'm just too fat and don't care about myself enough, but doing small things every day, it's like, if you're going to take 10 minutes a day and work on yourself compared to doing zero minutes a day, whether you're at work, not at work, if you don't have time to invest in yourself, then you're going to screw yourself up down the road. Um, I think that's a that's a key point, and you just totally hit the nail on the head when you talk yeah. about taking time to invest in yourself. There's a lot of things in the job that require us to put ourselves second or forget about ourselves. In in the, in the case of helping others or what it may be, serving our departments or yeah. you know, but the ability and the mindset to be able to take time for yourself, I believe, is key. So I, I think being able to take that time and set aside that time to work on yourself. What are some things that are easy? And some things that you can do to work on yourself, whether it doesn't necessarily have to be a weight training program or a weight loss program or anything like that, but just easy things to, uh, you know, Start better, that's right, to, to better prepare for that kind of stuff or prevent injury. 
So we had a saying back at like Mash Elite is where we kind of that exact thing you're talking about, even though it's they're athletes, athletes are athletes. It doesn't matter if you're tactical or non-tactical. I mean, they're different considerations. But what we always talked about is you need to master the mundane. It's the boring stuff that you don't want to do that's not flashy or sexy. Those things for longevity are going to make you a better person, not just an athlete. So taking the time of like, have I hydrated properly today? That's not sexy. I mean, no one's like, yeah, dude, I got my ounces in today. <laughs> I mean, really, you don't think yeah. about that, but if you're not hydrated properly, then you're going to have all kinds of issues down the road as far as myofascial stuff. Like, you're going to create pinch points that are going to turn into injuries, you know? It's like, are you hydrating properly? Probably not. Are you eating what you should be? I know I'm not. I mean, there's a whole different thing into that, but, like, doing simple things like making sure I'm drinking water, making sure that, like, if I'm going to sit down and do three hours of you know screen training uh like if you have to sit down on a computer screen and do your training are you taking a break every 15 minutes getting up walking around not sitting down do you have to sit down can you stand up you're gonna look stupid stand there but you're not gonna hurt yourself yeah yeah i mean little simple things like making sure you're in a position to where you can move it's like all right you have to stare at that screen but no one's telling you you have to sit in a chair and watch it you can sit there and stretch you can sit there and do all kinds of like movements where you don't have to be in a bad position you are putting yourself there it's like take five minutes and be like okay i know i need to work on my hip flexors so while i'm watching this i'm going to stretch my hip flexors um i know i need to do a lot more posterior chain things than set of mirror muscles take the time to know what those are so you can do those in your workout prior to being exhausted and then getting quality movement out of them it's like if you know you're gonna do a squat workout have you prepped your body to do a squat workout you can take five minutes to make sure that you're activated appropriately then you've already made your training session that much more valuable yeah, it sounds like that's something belief that myself and ray have a whole lot is the um for lack of a better word the ignition or priming of muscle groups before right. uh, the actual workout entails or even a workout at all i think the proper priming or ignition session of of a muscle group is just as much a part of the workout as what it is that you're putting on the barbell or what it is that you're as far as the size of the dumbbells and all that goes uh it, it sounds like you had the kind of the same mentality yeah. that the, the warm-up if you will is um just as important as you know the, yeah. the the amount of weight that you're putting on the bar as far as our career goes the ability to do those warm-ups and all that properly is where you're going to get your injury prevention from. Uh, obviously, when the tones go off, we don't have time to say, okay, well, I've got to get my, you know, I've got to get my 90-90 stretch in before I can put my turnaround pants on <laughs> and go there. We don't have that ability. Right, but right, the, right. the time spent doing those proper movements before, yeah. when the time comes, it puts you in a better situation, in a better area of... Uh, yeah. of Making sure that your big rocks are in place before you start worrying about the smaller ones. Perfect. Yes. Thank you for that. So it's getting that acute and cumulative effect of yeah. not only training sessions, but your prehab as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, we, we talked about this a, a few episodes back. It's, you know, the the whole fitness thing, it's, think about it trying to fill up a jar. Uh, what are you going to try to fill it? What's the easiest to fill it up with? The big rocks. You know, your big rocks are your your nutrition, your mobility, prehabbing, as, as you were saying, actual training. And then comes in the smaller things to worry about, like... You How know, big your biceps are. Well, I mean, that's a pretty... <laughs> I mean, you, you can speak for yourself, but that's a pretty big rock. <laughs> um, no, totally bullshitting. Um, the, you know, the smaller stuff is, is like the... Uh, 
you know, when should I be eating? How much of each little thing should I be eating? It's like, why don't you grasp a hold of what you should be doing and then worry about when you should be doing it and and how much of a quantity you should be doing it. Adapt those easier habits of making good decisions and then start worrying about the, the minute details of quantity and, you know, timing and everything else. But, and like I said, those, the filling up the jar with the big rock, like that's the easiest thing to do. Sure. Like whenever you start trying to worry about the small stuff, I feel like, and I'm probably going off topic. Um, that's when people start getting, you know, derailed a little bit and they become more injury prone is when they start trying to worry about all these other little details without having the big ones in place to begin with. Like, are you training properly for what you're trying to do? Are you training within your skill set? Like, you know, if you're doing a squat workout, do you actually know how to squat? Um, did you prepare for that workout? Uh, is your nutrition in place for what you're about to do? Is your hydration in place? All that stuff. People, neglect it because it's not the like you said the sexy fun stuff but that to me anyway has always been the easiest thing to to look out for and anytime that i kind of get off track and you know this past month between travel and everything else and you know my my workouts have been crap so usually that's my default kind of reset button is all right let's get these big things back on track and then worry about the smaller things you know um whether or not i'm hitting numbers I should be or doing things at the same capacity that I was or making sure that I'm, you know, hitting a progression every single, no, I'm all right. Make sure that what I'm eating is actually beneficial to me, making sure that my training is in line with what I'm trying to do and, you know, making sure that I'm, my biggest thing is sleep, right? Sleeping the amount that I, I should be. That's one of my big rocks that I always end up neglecting. Hydration, sleep, and stress reduction are huge. And they're so easily overlooked. Well, sure. And it's it's one of the things that we're overloaded with in our occupation yes. is hydration, not necessarily as, as big as a factor as the other two, but sleep and stress reduction. Uh, sleep, questionable. What kind of quality sleep are you getting? Uh, this job kind of programs you to be such a light sleeper anyway. Um, but then stress reduction, I mean... Yeah. Let's be for real when it comes to stress reduction. Everybody's different, but the ability to watch me stress out, watch me check my, watch me open my email. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, So stress reduction, that's, and there's going to be a certain amount of stress anytime that, I mean, this profession makes you available to everyone for 24 hours on end. Sure. So there's going to be a certain amount of stress that comes with that, that you're, that you're not going to be able to fully get rid of. But I think one thing that people don't do is tune this place out or tune this profession out once they walk out the door. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And there's just little things. And I mean, I'm sure there's habits and things you pick up at work or at home, little habits you do. Like I know I carry a certain shaker around cause it carries 45 ounces of water. If I carry that sucker around, I know I'm going to get my water in. Like if I carry a small bottle around, I'm like, all right, let's drink. And then I don't think about it for a while. But if I carry on my big one, I'm like drink it down. Then I know I have a certain number of those. I got to hit whatever, but stress mitigation if you create a pattern of knowing how to manage your stress at work even in the chaotic environment we're in it's like if you look at your day and you're like all right god i hate opening my email schedule your times to open your email instead of it being a chaotic thing it's like all right first thing in the morning open that email lunchtime open that email rip the band-aid yep if you know that's coming then it's not a stress point anymore you're like all right this is my time to 
put my effort into that. And obviously, if you have calls, things like that, I mean, there's nothing you can do about that, but that's what we do. So if you have that already set in your schedule, it's no longer a stressor to you. You're not thinking yeah. about it all the time. You're not constantly on, if you will. You can shut sure. that off and then work on another piece of your stress or another piece of your day, and you don't have to focus on that. It's like you have planned that stress so well that it's no longer a problem. Yeah, I got you. We, we covered that a little bit in the episode we did with Mindset. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's that's definitely key. Let's see. Kevin, where do you see the struggle with the fire service and the lack of the lack of effort when it comes to physical preparedness in your experience? The lack of preparedness. People have this. A lot of people just don't yeah. care about. Well, it's, yeah. They think they're, they've already made it. Right. They have the job. They show up. They wear the T-shirt. They think they're there. And that's wrong. Um, I mean, that's dead wrong. Um, when you show up to the job every day, it's a new day, and you have to treat it as such. And I know there's lots of people that talk about this. I know that the the guy that does the fully involved, I can't remember his name. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Video I know who you're talking about, like, yeah. It's like show up, do your job, the, the big four, all that. Right. It's like every day you have an opportunity to be an asset or a liability. And then I think a lot of people just set it on cruise. They're like, man, I scored what I had to score. I did my physical test of these abilities um six months i gotta do it again i'll get ready for that whatever but then they set themselves on cruise control and it's like do you think that's the nature and the culture of the fire service now or do you think that's subtle and totally on an individual basis i think anything is what you allow and i think that and i'm only gonna speak from what i know because i don't know all over the country i'm just gonna say you know here unfortunately but you will accept what you allow um and so far people have been allowed to slide and so that's now normal. That is normal nomenclature. It's like, all right, I can come into work and I can sit on my butt and I can drink coffee, watch TV, and it's okay as long as I'm checking the boxes. I have that trained in, check. I run the calls when I'm required to, check. If you're not out there preparing yourself mentally, physically, doing the training, doing whatever you have to do, connect with the people in the community, make an impact outside of you sitting in your station doing what you have to do, like you have to go beyond yourself and keep yourself in that uncomfortable state of growth and learning. Well, I can, uh, yeah. I can, I can speak for you. Uh, you talk about it, you, how you didn't know it just because all you can do is relate here, but it, it, it's obvious throughout this profession altogether. That's, that's, and I'm talking about it on a worldly basis. And I don't here. think it's something that's completely it's, indigenous to this profession either. I think, no, I think see it's this, the human like, nature exactly. all in general now. Yeah. It's, it's an acceptance thing. You know, I go to my mm-hmm. corporate job at whatever corporation yeah. and I sit at my desk, I hit my numbers, I do this, I turn around, I go home. If I'm uh, lucky, I can get out 30 minutes early. That's it. So <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's no surprise to think that our profession is any different. And I think that, um, ours just carries a, a higher consequence. Sure, sure, sure. What do you think is the most common injury for firemen? And what is the reason do you think that is? Most common. Um, really, any We've identified three on this show that we yeah. think are the See, most common. Homework. Yep. Should have so, homework. Do I now? I did not listen. Oh, no, no, no. It's okay. Well, it's okay. Um, uh, shoulders, knees, back. Yeah. Uh, and and why, do you, why, do you, why do you think that? In this service where we use our shoulders, knees, and our back supposedly on a daily basis, uh, whether it's running calls or not, just you're talking about mopping floors, you're using all three, anything. Why do you think that's the most injury-prone areas of our body as firemen? I mean, you're talking about all the major joints in your body. You just nailed them. I mean, not knowing how to move properly, not putting yourself in a position to lift something properly or, or do something properly. You if you haven't thought about it, you're just going to do whatever's easiest. 
It's like, oh, I have that thing to pick up. I'm just going to bend over and just do it. It's like, oh, maybe you should put yourself in a proposition to pick that up or to, to move that or do whatever you got to do. And it's like overuse injuries if you're not taking care of yourself. Um, obviously, if you don't take the time to, to stretch and do my fascia release and go and do dry needling or acupuncture, whatever your modality of, of recovery is, if you're not taking care of yourself, then you're wearing them out. You know, you I think greasing the hinges, if you will. Yeah, and I think one thing that's kind of uh, funny as well, just sit in a proper squat position for like 45 seconds, and people will ask, what the hell are you doing? People squatting down without being up on their toes. It's very it's uncommon. A very, it's, it's an uncommon that thing. That is how you, you just, squat. Like yeah, that if you is, found somebody who's done that, you're like, oh, yeah, holy grail. Exactly. Right there. Wow, but good for you. People are like, oh, it looks like you're taking a shit. What are you doing? I'm like, no, this is how you squat down. Like, it's like proper movement patterns have become so foreign to us that, you know, anytime that you have to use the major musculature of the body that people are compensating in all the wrong areas and they end up, like, hurting themselves. Sure. But, yeah, sit down in a proper squat position for, like, 45 seconds and just stretch. You'll get some funny looks. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Fill out your neck report like that exactly like or even just stretch it like say you've been on your feet and you're tight or whatever like just sitting down and opening up your hips yeah everyone's gonna look at you funny and it's one of the best things you can do to reinforce good habits of moving sure um, sure if you well, actually these injuries if you get down into a squat and then pick something up people are like what are you doing like why just, just reach out and get it yeah quit doing that like but it's going to be those same people that don't understand their own mechanics or proper mechanics that end up snapping their back, twisting their knee, popping their shoulder, doing whatever. Well, yeah, I've, always I think said, just, I've, I've always used the analogy of, of a woman just, just because uh, it's the mom that can lift 300 pounds in a strict press over her head that doesn't get hurt. It's the same mom who can press strict press 300 pounds over her head that reaches back in the back seat and picks up that three pound purse yeah. in a movement that she's not used to that's the one that gets hurt yeah so it's use of muscles in the area that we're not used to if you will uh the the sleepy muscles like i like to call them uh that's where we're i believe we're getting sleepy a lot of our, the sleepy yeah. muscles yes right. the bad thing is, is the the sleepy muscles for us are the muscles that people should be using that's right well that's where you get your injury <laughs> yeah. prevention from uh exactly. sitting at the computers doing our training yeah. and all that kind of stuff is totally neglecting the whole posterior chain we yeah. just get so used to being front loaded all the time and and then when we go to put a pipe hole or pick up a pipe hole or something behind us or something other than that front loaded position that's when the injury occurs and it's totally avoidable totally avoidable that's because john doe firefighter looks at men's fitness and goes oh this fitness model look at this back and biceps routine and that's all i'm gonna do right and like oh look my biceps look huge awesome got a six-pack bro and you can't do basic functional movement patterns or you can't even control your body weight in normal calisthenics. It's like you're the dude that's going to get hurt because you don't understand that you're a firefighter, not a fitness model. It's like that's Speak why you're Speak for yourself, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> doing it all. Right. Doing it all. all no. I, wish, so I wish I looked like you. <laughs> no, uh, that's, that's one thing that I struggle with too is just, you know, like, Usually with my workouts, I've got to, if I know I'm going to be squatting, like, I'm, I know that I can go ahead and just eat it. And for 15 minutes, I'm going to look like an idiot because I've got not even a bar on my back. But I'm sitting there going through the movements, making sure that everything, especially when I was started getting into some of the Olympic movements, like, all right, there's going to be a solid 25 to 30 minutes of me just looking like an idiot. Because I'm going to sit here and I'm going to go through each part of this lift and it's make sure that... Correct. 
make sure that what's moving the bar is what should be moving the bar. Like making sure that, you know, my hips are firing where they should be, making sure that I'm shrugging the weight up where I should be. Um, and a lot of people just get in and I, I hate to point fingers, but a lot of times you'll see this with uh, CrossFit where it's just an A to B. It's an A to B movement instead of a technical movement that should have certain parts of your body doing certain pieces of work throughout certain parts of the lift. And a lot of people, like, a clean turns into a big reverse curl, Mm -hmm. you know, and you end up getting a boatload of tendonitis and snapping up some rotator cuffs. And and you just don't see that anymore unless you get into, like, an actual Olympic weight room or a collegiate uh, strength program, Mm -hmm. I'm imagining, because – I imagine a lot of those guys on scholarships, whenever they start throwing around big amounts of weight, they got people that know much more about it than, than they do, oh, yeah. making sure that they're not – making sure the college isn't about to lose all their money into oh, their yeah. investment. Talk to any strength coach anywhere in America who's worth his salt or her salt. Um, number one rule is do not hurt your athletes. Right. Your job and your ability to feed your family banks on the fact that you're not going to take that 18-year-old five-star stud and hurt them. Because no matter what your ego says or what you know you think you have to do, if you hurt your athletes, you are not doing your job. Now, mind you, I understand there's contact injuries that you cannot avoid. And there's 23 hours of the day. You may see them one hour a day. There are 23 hours of the day that they will do everything in their power to screw up what you just did. Keg stand gone wrong. Bro, yeah. <laughs> seriously. No, I mean, it, it, you can take a D3 athlete. You can take a high school athlete. You can take a Division One five-star recruit. It does not matter who you take. They will do their best, knowingly or unknowingly, to screw up your job and your life. <laughs> it's terrible. Seriously, it's terrible. Well, it's no different in – I mean, it's, it's it's no different in the fire service than what we're doing here. You know, yeah. we're trying our best to raise awareness and yeah. do all this kind of stuff. And there's You were spending 24 hours on doing everything I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, given – all right, we've covered from, all right, somebody has an injury, how they can kind of prehab and maybe work around it. Um, we touched a bit on warm-ups and, you know, kind of their place in the overall, the workout itself. Um, given the nature of this job, how would you... You're at, a, you're at a good point for a break. Yeah. Yeah. All right, get it. Be right back. Quick commercial break. Hey, folks, you want to know how you can support the Fit for Duty movement? Simple. Go to www.actcaps.com. Pick yourself up a hat or a t-shirt. The hats, any style that you choose, they'll put the Fit for Duty patch on it. At checkout, enter Fit for Duty in the promo code for a sweet discount. Also, if you have any questions or topic ideas, submit those. You can submit them at Instagram, at Fit for Duty Media, or you can email the host, fitfordutymedia at gmail.com. All right, welcome back to uh, Fit for Duty Podcast. And we're back. That's right. As always, Matt Hoffman here with you with Ray and Mr. Kevin Clark, our special guest. We ended at the break talking about physical training as far as it uh, relates to our job itself with injury prevention and how to better keep yourself in check for the longevity of the career. Put uh, yourself so, in a better position to check yourself that's before right. so, you wreck yourself. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to pick Kevin's brain a little bit and talk about what a training regimen should look like to make you a better fireman and to make you more physically capable to do this job. What movements you should be practicing, 
uh, and some things that you should be concentrating on. We've so, uh, we've talked about this before, but it'd be good to pick your brain and see sure, uh, sure. kind of with your credentials. Yeah, education, and not so much credentials, just your experience and you seeing what has worked uh, so far. I was like, you know, <laughs> just gonna have an expensive piece of paper sitting in a Man, it means everything. box. It mean means everything. It I'm means just gonna start calling you diploma. <laughs> <laughs> it means I have bigger bills. That's nah, all that well, means. I understand. Um, Chicks dig big bills. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, my, my wife wouldn't say that. <laughs> So, but, um, yeah, what should, what, should, what should a workout program or training sure. regimen look like for uh, somebody in our profession, a fireman, to, one, make them better at what they do, and to, two, to prepare them for their job outside of this career? Sure. Um, number one, every single movement you do, no matter what it is or what you choose to put in there, if you do not have a distinct reason why that movement is in your program – or why you're doing a certain load percentage or why you're doing a certain rep or set, you know, protocol. If you do not know exactly why you are doing everything you are doing, then why is that in your program? I mean, if you do not know why, why did you, why did you assign that movement? Yeah. I mean, if you don't know why, it shouldn't be in there, period. That is flat gotcha. work. Well, looking at it from our aspect sure. as what, what we could, what we could consider as influential people, what would we prescribe or what would you prescribe oh, sure. as, um, yeah, yeah. as a, as a good training regimen or, you know, something to add into programming as far as movements are concerned. Sure. Um, the way I look at any athlete, um, since we're tactical athletes, any training program, any training session, every time you go about doing a session, in my mind, this is how I set up workouts and then tailor made to, uh, you know, whoever I'm working with. You're doing some kind of force development, whether that be triple extension in Olympic movement, in a jumping, sprinting, movement prep kind of way. You're going to be doing something, depending on where you're at in your training week, um, how I set things up, which is probably needs adjusted to what we're doing now. But um, as far as looking at, are you hitting all the big basics of movement? As far as you doing, let's say, horizontal and vertical push and pull, are you doing that for upper and lower body? Are you doing unilateral, bilateral What movements? are those movements look like? What, 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 are, what are the examples of those kinds of movements? I mean, that could be all over the place. Uh, you're common. You're, so, you're, yeah, exactly. You're, you're so, go-tos, if um, you will. You're doing a squat variation. You're going to be doing some kind of deadlift variation. You're going to be doing some kind of horizontal or vertical press and pull variation. Um, you're going to be doing multi-plane, multi-movements you know, and you're going to be doing twisted movements. You're going to be doing stuff that's um, on one leg or one arm, unilateral, bilateral. You're going to do something that in some way, form, or fashion works on all of your antagonistic muscle groups, um, not just your prime movers, um, your agonists, if you will. Um, you're, you're doing something that's going to encompass the entire body. There's no point in doing any kind of work. I mean, there is... There's no point in doing a workout as far as like every session that I, that I go through, you're going to be using most of your body in some way, form or fashion. Um, because to me, and I know there's a lot of strength coaches and a lot of different disciplines out there that agree with this is that if you're doing, and there's a time and place for it, but if you're doing a, a broad out back and biceps, chest and tries, like you're not getting the point because when you go out on the fire rounds, you're not doing back and buys, you're not doing chest and tries, you're doing movement patterns. You need to be strong, you need to be resilient. And if you're not, you're missing the point. Right. So basically what you're saying is, which is what myself and Ray have preached from day one, uh, as far as our belief goes, that a full body workout program where it encompasses everything from a squat, deadlift, some type of press is more beneficial and more bang for your buck in our service 
specifically versus any type of body part split. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And um, Working the body essentially as it's meant to be, is like in unison, not so much yeah. oh, dividing absolutely. everything up. Oh, yeah. uh, that being said, do you think that there is any benefit or place in a fireman's programming for actual hypertrophy work? Yes, but it is not a common place. It shouldn't be the focus. No. It should be a compliment more than a... Yes. Right. Because to quote someone smarter than me, you cannot flex bone. And very good point. Force production, good. you cannot get that from a bone. You so get that from a ligament. It has to come from a muscle. If they were going to, and you know, people in this profession were very uh, one-dimensional. If they were going to put their efforts, or the majority of their efforts, into one area, what would you suggest that be? With the exception of prehab and, you know, your your priming movements, um, would mobility. you say it's more so yeah, mobility? Yeah. mobility. Uh, would you say it's more you know, power output, strength, endurance. Being strong, absolute strong, not not powerlifting strong, not bro strong. Like being overall strong can mitigate so many different other problems. Right. If you don't have the time or the knowledge or the ability to do things, if you're be strong, that'll help you prevent injuries in the long run. And if you're well balanced, strong, not just you know, bro, I can bench 400 pounds. I can shrug 405. Yeah, swell. <laughs> do a squat. Oh, you can't do that. Cool. Um, if you are overall strong, that'll prevent a lot of things as far as injuries or movement patterns or lack of abilities in other areas. Getting to a certain level of strength. I'm not saying you got to be like stud strong, but just right. being able to handle like, okay, you can handle your body weight plus your gear, plus your tool, plus a hose line or whatever else you're doing. You have the minimum capability of being strong enough to be in the positions that you're going to be demanded to be in. And then having some level of conditioning, cardio to me and conditioning are two very distinctly different things, but having the proper conditioning to know that you can do more than suck down a bottle and then be tapped out and be in rehab. If you have minimum strength and a basic level of conditioning, then a lot of that other stuff is details to me. No, I totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, and I think that's the missing spoke in the wheel that a lot of a lot of folks in our profession they kind of miss is they focus on an area uh, or they get brought into this mentality as as firemen being de- you know being defined as six pack, big arms, big shoulders, big chest, and that's calendar. That's it. There you go, calendar, uh, if you will. But in the long run, that's probably the least important things. And I'm victim of it. I can't. Oh I can't, hell yeah! I can't put myself <laughs> out me? of it. I'm. Uh, I'm for a while and I still get moments that I'm an aesthetically driven person and yeah. I, that's just a motivator for me because I know what I, I, I like and that kind of yeah. thing but it, it still doesn't cloud my, my vision and my motivation to be able to do things outside of this job and then after so and I also I don't know where you stand on this but going through different I guess phases in your training where you know you might be more focused on say strength in one area for a certain period of time and then for another period of time you can take that strength that you've developed and see what your work capacity is with it in another phase and you know just a for me I've said this numerous times before part of my need or what I need to get out of my training is there is a certain 
I hate to say this and it sounds horrible. There's a certain entertainment value. Like it has to hold my attention. It has to be interesting. And it has to be challenging. And for me to do that, it's not constantly changing, but it needs to change focus from time to time to prevent or to keep me progressing or for me to feel like I'm continually well, progressing. To, uh, avoid the monotony. Yeah. Um, because there is very much a, a mental aspect in it too. Like if we were all machines, we would all just do exactly what we should be doing all the time and there would be no deviation from it. But I think there is the, the personal aspect where your fitness should enjoy, you know, something or your fitness should entail something that you enjoy. Um, it doesn't matter if it's hitting a bicep workout or playing a pickup game of basketball. Like if it's getting you moving and ultimately getting towards you towards where you need to go, like it serves its purpose and it definitely should have a place doesn't mean it needs to be your focal point but it definitely needs to be in there just for that the mental aspect of you know kind of keeping your attention i guess that's always been one of my things is keep the enjoyment factor in there and that's why you know i moved from i guess working on strength to working on work capacity then you know working on uh, i'll even go through uh, small pro phase just to More aesthetics I mean it, yeah, yeah sure. I mean for why not just to break up the monotony like sure. you said is that no something that it. you uh, generally is that an idea that uh, I guess you subscribe to as well or yeah uh, just plan for it um, have the fun stuff or something that's going to keep someone hooked but put that into your equation of overall volume or stressors on the body it's like know that that's going to be there but then make sure you account for it because if you if you want to believe that someone an athlete period is not going to do the bro stuff then you're stupid right they're going to do the bro stuff either with you or they're going to go to plan of fitness and hit biceps with their bros like they're going to do it plan for it and then to have that within your realm of control is like knowing Okay, I know you want to look good and you want to fill that jersey, right? And that was the big football thing is like, yeah, bro, I could be the most intense D1 prospect out there, but if my jersey's not tight on my on my bicep, like, yeah. what, what am I doing? You know, it's like, all right, we're playing for that. Make them look good, too. And trust me, once you get past any athlete outside of collegiate athlete, athletics, once you get above that gradient, every single person, whether they admit to it or not, wants to be on a look good naked program. Every single person. Well, yeah, anybody yeah. that tells you that that's not yep. even in the back of their mind whenever they're training is. Yeah. I'm sorry. They're full of it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Trust me, if you're, yeah. if you're personal training and you say this is the look good naked program, you're going to have more people than you have time slots. Well, oh, yeah. it's the fitness industry in general yeah, because everybody is looking for a change in outward appearance. Sure. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, that focus on ex uh, external uh, motivators versus intrinsic yeah. motivators. Oh, absolutely. And not to get off on another tangent, but I will still, fire department wise, take the person that is externally motivated that is at least moving and doing something it doesn't matter what their motivation is if their motivation is look good naked fantastic you are still miles ahead of the guy that is not even moving you have buy-in yeah mean, you get that person like all right they're already doing something so it's easier to hook them in with other things that they have to do yes it's like all right because they're already open to the idea of taking care of themselves oh, now you can just introduce different you know modalities or yeah, that's uh, the hard part training getting, ideologies to yeah, them. get someone interested in investing in themselves and you've got them hooked then you can take the time to develop them into the intricacies of what you want to do with them right. whether it's conditioning you know vo2 or it's strength endurance whatever once you get them hooked it's easier to get them to do the things you want them to do if they themselves want to do it whether they know it or not perfect yeah perfect. i and i mean i i can't speak for you but i know that happened to me that you know like all right i got to the point where all right i'm happy with the way i look but now training is just getting boring like 
I need something else to, there's got to be more to this than chest day. So moving on to, you know, learning different movements, learning or conditioning myself and pushing myself in, you know, I guess different mode at like cardiovascular capacity through, you know, muscular endurance, those kind of things, I guess, are what kept my attention. Like, all right, this is cool. Now what can I do with it? Sure. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Well, um, Kevin, I know you kind of got to squirt out whenever you get the chance. Definitely enjoyed having you on the show, man. It's been a blast. Yeah, pleasure, we'll, thank we'll, you. Yeah, what we'll time you, are we up to? We'll get you. Uh, we'll get you back for sure. Good luck. But um, uh, yeah, we definitely enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, thanks for letting us pick your brain, man. Yeah, yeah for sure. For that. Hopefully, uh, the listeners have a you know take away from this yeah. a one golden egg. Is that's it, man. That's all, that's all yeah. we're searching for. Yeah. The diamond in the goat's butt. That's, <laughs> what? That's what we're looking for, man. That's the it. Always on the search. The goat's butt. All right, uh, Ray. You got anything else? Nah, man. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Fit for Duty podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or topic ideas, please email the hosts.